Hi, it's David here. The Leader brings you news, analysis, commentary and interviews every day at 4pm and it's recorded on the day so you're always getting the latest on the biggest stories for your commute home or however you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and you'll never miss an episode. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. M&S is cutting 7,000 jobs. Is it because so many people are working from home now? M&S traditionally has done very, very well with positions like secretaries and things like that. It's reasonably priced, it's reasonably smart. The problem is people just aren't going to the office. City journalist Mark Shapland on how the costs of keeping away from offices are now being revealed. And Donald Trump is the wrong president for our country. He has had more than enough time to prove that he can do the job, but he is clearly in over his head. They say Michelle Obama stole the show at the Democratic National Convention. Our comment editor Susanna Butter tells us how the former first lady became part of Joe Biden's White House strategy. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, M&S cuts thousands of jobs. This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reid, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Would you like a bed? Uh, yes. They've got shop assistants behind screens in M&S. Signs are up telling people to stay two metres apart. But social distancing isn't too hard when there are fewer people coming into your store. For Marks and Spencer, it's a lot fewer people. In the eight weeks to August, group sales fell just over 19% on last year. Clothing was down by 49.5%. Our editorial column says a shift to home working is hitting the retailer and others in unexpected ways. It comes sadly as little surprise that M&S is axing so many jobs. What is being less reported on is the huge hit that London fashion businesses like M&S will take, not just from lockdown, but as workers too scared to return to offices, having been terrified by the government, will not need to spend money on work clothes. 
not just office wear, but the little sartorial extras for the socialising that occurs around commuting into a city that offers so much. If bosses keep adding to fears that face-to-face -face work is not necessary, we are going to keep seeing unemployment rise. Change will come, and we will never return to full office capacity, but this is not a revolution unfolding, it is devastation. The Evening Standard City journalist Mark Shaplin's with me now. Mark, M&S is talking about a material shift in trading. That's people that don't need to buy office clothes anymore because they're not going to the office. Is that what's behind this fall in sales? Yeah, it's a big shift and it's something that M&S is going to have to deal with in future. And it's one of the reasons why the clothing department has performed so badly. And it's one of the reasons why they're cutting so many jobs. M&S traditionally has done very, very well with positions like secretaries and things like that. It's reasonably priced, it's reasonably smart. The problem is, obviously, people just aren't going to the office. So they can't sell those types of clothes. Yeah, and M&S has developed over several years, actually, a reputation for not selling the most fashionable of clothes. Now, whether that's true or not is up to public perception, really, isn't it? And that's where they're going to be struggling if they can't sell suits and skirts. Yeah, I mean, they have tried desperately to change their image. They've brought in models like Rosie Huntington, Whiteley and Twiggy and various other big names, Myling Class. But no, essentially, they've never, ever been able to shift that sort of image. In some ways, it's a strength. You could say for the average man, the average woman who's not looking for anything too thrilling, that actually they do a good job. But the reality is they've been called out by coronavirus and they've been called out badly. Is this figure of 7,000 jobs a surprise itself? It seems like a massive number. Did we see that figure coming? I, I think in all honesty, we knew there were going to be job cuts. We didn't know how deep they were going to be. So they had announced previously that they would get rid of 950 head office staff. There are 78,000 workers in M&S. So 7,000, it, it's brutal, but to say it's a surprise is, is perhaps a step too far. But I, I think M&S is a fascinating business. I mean, it's, it's been around for years. People have an emotional link to it. It's, all, it. it's always a business that I've always thought should have a female chief executive. You sort of have all these alpha males that come in and try and turn it around and never get anywhere. You know, it, it, it's a business that sells the majority of its clothes to women still. It's always struck me that maybe what they need is a, is a female chief exec. Can we expect this, though, from other retailers? Yeah, I think absolutely. I, th I think we've already seen it. I mean, Debenhams is in real trouble. Department stores like John Lewis have struggled. So rivals to M&S. M&S is not alone. Even high-end stores, Harrods has been hard hit, Selfridges has been hard hit. I mean, shopping as a whole has declined. Um, one, because people aren't going to the office, but also because people aren't going out. So 
men aren't buying t-shirts and jeans, women aren't buying high heels and something to go out in. So it, it, it's a problem for the whole industry, the whole sector, whether you're way down the bottom or right at the top at the high end. So I wonder how the industry can cope with this, because there must be going to be huge changes to the way that these particularly big retailers operate. M&S has been talking about using new technology to reduce layers of management, for example. Are we going to be seeing more of that kind of thing, more of some people working in lots and lots of different departments in stores? Yeah, I think ultimately the, the workers are going to have to skill up. Um, they're going to have to improve their tech skills. They're going to have to be more flexible. I mean, what, what's sort of unique with M&S is that it, it has a food business that does very well. So it's food hall, the sales figures, they're down a bit over the last five months since coronavirus but they've actually performed strongly. So the argument has always been with M&S, well, why don't, why, don't you cut the two, why don't you cut the business in two? You have a clothes business and a food business. Or if you're more extreme, you'd say get rid of the clothes business altogether. When you're talking about food, M&S has, of course, got this new deal with Ocado, haven't they? They've taken over from Waitrose. So I'm wondering if there's going to be more emphasis placed on that home delivery of food, which they hadn't really done before. Yeah, I think that's a great deal for them. And M&S hasn't done that well online. It hasn't done as well as it should have over the last 10, 20 years. So the deal with Ocado gets them straight in there. The only problem is, is that Amazon has now come in and said that they're going to start doing free deliveries of groceries. So although they're not in the same market, M&S food is very expensive, very high end. Um, it, it might it might prove tougher than than they they first expected. Next, there were those who hoped that she'd be the vice president candidate, and by not being directly involved, I think her and Barack sort of become like America's parents. Susanna Butter or Michelle Obama's intervention into the race for the White House. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. When Hillary Clinton led the Democratic National Convention in 2016, she shattered the glass on a massive screen as a huge audience erupted with cheers. These things are supposed to be about spectacle, televised to millions, designed to inspire. There's none of that this year. Coronavirus has forced the Democrats to hold a virtual convention with videos streamed over the web. The worry was that it would be difficult to get through to audiences, but Michelle Obama, sitting alone in a room staring straight at a camera, seems to have done that for many. It's a hard time and everyone's feeling it in different ways. And I know a lot of folks are reluctant to tune into a political convention right now or to politics in general. Believe me, I get that. But I am here tonight because I love this country with all my heart. And it pains me to see so many people hurting. 
The former First Lady has been the top trend on social media all day since that video was released. Analysts for some media outlets say she stole the show, but can Team Biden keep up the momentum? Our comment editor Susanna Butters written for the Evening Standard about the strategies used by both sides in this bitter war for the White House. She's with me now, and Susanna, there were concerns among Democrats that the convention wouldn't hit with audiences this time around. But Michelle Obama seems to have struck some kind of accord with Biden's supporters. Absolutely. I mean, the challenge is how to, an election's never been fought like this before, and you need that charisma, that connection on social media and and the, the YouTube presence and the, the presence on video links. And Biden, up until quite recently, just didn't have the money for all of that. Um, that looks like it's changed around now, partly because they have this historic new fundraising, but partly the Michelle Obama video, which was Michelle Obama doing what she does best, which is this eloquent, perfectly paced, personal, emotional, honest dismantling of Trump. And I mean, it, it wasn't malicious. It just came straight from the heart. She, she's got this way that I think a lot of people have spoken about anyone who's met her there's people at Elizabeth Garrett Anderson's school in London who've met her spoke about just how her genuine interest shines through and that is a huge asset especially when you're faced with someone like Trump who I mean clearly was rattled because he tried to respond to her with a tweet and it was hollow it sort of almost drove home her point it proved that you can't fake it to be president Or you can for four years, but hopefully you can't to win an election. Interesting that she came out at all, though, because up until now, Michelle Obama hasn't really done much politically. She's been supporting causes, she's appeared, but this time she's gone out, she's mentioned Trump by name. It's a direct, though subtle, attack on her from a woman who had kind of shied away from making political points. I wonder how she could be being used by Biden as part of their strategy to get into the White House. Think it's it's very clever from both of them. Um, I mean, there were those who hope, hoped that she'd be the vice president candidate, and she said repeatedly she's not interested in that. She's interested in doing it other ways, and sort of by not being directly involved, I think her and Barack sort of become like America's parents. And you can see there's no there's no agenda, there's no career move plan other than to do what's best for the country and help thousands of people who she genuinely cares about and the way to do that i think she feels it's time for her to speak the way to do that is to get trump out i mean everything about it was perfect particularly her vote necklace which i quite want one of those <laughs> the gold necklace with vote letters hanging down i mean to the extent that i i almost slightly feel for kamala harris because people have been sort of looking at her in light of michelle on everything from her rhetoric to kind of frivolously, frivolously but importantly her, her style as well people have been saying she needs Michelle Obama's style which is a different argument um, but it, it's almost like they've been driven to this because the economy is such a shambles the way that Trump's downplayed the virus means that they can't not speak out I mean if you look at Barack as well he's tweeted sort of three times the amount that he usually does he he clearly cares he wants to do something and Biden knows this um, and he's using it because why wouldn't you yeah, interesting. Barack Obama was tweeting out his summer playlist, which doesn't look political, but then you look at it and it's highlights of what's about to come in the DNC. And of course, it's getting people engaged because he's always been smart with social media that way, isn't it? It's all political. It's stealth politics. 
<laughs> it was another mark of their success that um, Stephen Colbert on The Late Show, who usually doesn't discriminate on who he mocks, he, he couldn't make a joke out of Michelle Obama. He just was so impressed, had to take it so seriously. Something else was interesting at the convention was Bernie Sanders did a video as well. He and Biden had a bit of a tussle as they were fighting to be the candidate for the White House, but he's very much come out and tried to get his supporters to get behind Joe Biden. The question has been how left will Biden go in this campaign, isn't it? And is that being answered at all, Susie? Yeah, that's a fine line to tread, isn't it? Because there's there's those far left people who think Biden's really right wing. And, and I think Trump knows that. Trump's bringing up some of those points. There's the African-American vote is really important. I think Jared Kushner is trying to sell Trump as the, unbelievably, <laughs> as the candidate with the best record on, on race. Um, and also the suburbs question. The Americans really value that. And because Biden's been in politics for such a long time, which is an advantage in many ways it means that any weaknesses within all of that trump's going to call him out on and which could end up getting some of the right and the left support that that biden so desperately needs so i mean and also there's quite a long way to go so even though biden's had this huge surge forward boosted by kamala every endorsement counts and that's where the michelle obama thing was so huge and as you say it's, it's brilliant that bernie sanders has come on board hopefully he can get the strokes to play a song but one thing that Joe Biden is trying to play as a strength but could work against him are these connections to the Obama administration, are that he was vice president there, and he has members of the team that was with him at the White House with him again, doesn't he? Yeah, um, he's, he inspires loyalty and um, lots of his advisors on, on everything, particularly policy, um, worked with Obama. And so they know what they're doing. They've got unfinished business. <laughs> They've got a track record. Um, I mean, I suppose he, he must want to be careful so it's not just Obama 2.0. Um, but a lot of those people will still be around. And then, and then the, the risk is that the people who didn't like Obama, who thought he was too far right or failed on various things, might be put off by that. So I think up until now, he's sort of underplayed that a little bit. So we can imagine that although she isn't going to be vice president, Kamala Harris would get that position if Joe Biden wins. We can probably expect Michelle Obama to appear at the White House at some point over the next four years after this election, couldn't we? I hope so. I hope she won't be able to keep away. I spoke to one of her aides for a piece and they very much said that while she's not a career politician, she very much wants to make a difference and working with Joe Biden and Kamala is a way to do that, is a way to further those causes and she's pragmatic and if, if that's the way to change the world, then they'll do that. But at the same time, I think brand Obama does have this value now in being one step removed. And that's The Leader. You can read more from Susanna at standard.co.uk. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm.